0: How can Jesus be the only one to cancel our debt? How can he be the only one to restore our relationship with God? My name is Chase with Send It For Jesus. Uh, Super excited and thrilled to be here. This is my first time ever being here at Bud's Creek, this legendary course. Uh, Super stoked to be here. And just witness all this action that's going to happen today. Uh, But yeah, super thrilled just to be here to teach you all from the Word of God. uh, What an honor it is. And so today, guys, I'll be speaking from Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 27. Let me pray for us real quick, and we'll get right into it. So, Father God in heaven, I just come to you in your Son's name. I just want to thank you so much for this time that we could just be here to race dirt bikes and to make memories with friends and family and just to have fun and also thank you so much for the opportunity to hear from you and to hear from your word and to learn from your word i pray that you would just speak to us today and that we would just understand your word and understand who you are and that we would come to you with faith and repentance and lord we love you and we thank you in jesus name amen all right so matthew chapter 18 starting at verse 23 the bible says therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with the servants and when he had begun to settle accounts one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents but as he was not able to pay his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made the servant therefore fell down to him saying master have patience with me and i will pay you all then the master of that servant was moved with compassion released him, and forgave him the debt. So this story is found in one of the Gospels which tells us about the life of Jesus. And in this particular story, Jesus, he is teaching his disciples. And what makes the book of Matthew so special is that Matthew was a tax collector. A tax collector was one who was looked down upon by the Pharisees, who were a group of religious people. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 10, the Bible says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? So these Pharisees, they were confused and they were judging that Jesus was eating with such people like tax collectors and sinners. And to be honest, every time I read in the Bible about the Pharisees, it blows my mind as to how oblivious they were to the truth. The Pharisees, they judged the tax collector as well as Jesus for eating with such people. And what's different about the Pharisees and Jesus is that they judge and condemn, but the Bible teaches that Jesus came to save. In verses 12 through 13, the Bible says, When Jesus heard that, he said to him, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So that tells us right there that Christ came to save sinners. So Matthew, the tax collector, he left his life of being a tax collector and he followed Jesus. And that also tells us that Matthew was an eyewitness of the life of Jesus. So with our story in Matthew chapter 9, it teaches us a very important lesson of forgiveness. And the main idea around this particular story is that Jesus cancels our debt. So in verse 23 of our story, we learn that there are accounts that need to be settled by a certain king. In verse 24, we learn that one of the king's servants owed the man 10,000 talents. What is a talent? In New Testament times, a talent was a large sum of money. Verse 24 says that this servant owed 10,000 talents. In verse 25, the Bible says, but as he was not able to pay his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had so that payment would be made but we so we learn that the servant was not able to pay the debt well why was that why was the servant not able to pay the debt again the servant owed his master ten thousand talents in new testament times a worker would get paid a denarius which was one day's wage and one talent is equivalent to 6,000 denarius. So if you take 10,000 talents, which is what the servant owed his master, and he times that by 6,000 denarii, which is the equal of one talent, the sum you get is 60 million. So the debt that the servant owed his master, it was impossible for him to pay off. Which is why in verse 25 the Bible tells us that the servant cannot pay off his debt. Verse 25 teaches us that his master commanded that he be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had so the debt could be paid. However, in verses 26 and 27, we learn that the master forgave the debt. The Bible says, The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So verse 24 tells us of the amount this servant owed his master. We learned that his debt was massive and it was impossible for him to pay off. No matter how much this servant worked, he couldn't, even come pl- he couldn't even come close to the amount that he owed his master. Verse 25 tells that the servant's master commanded him and his family and all that he had to be sold in order for the debt to be paid. So we learn in those two verses that no matter what the servant sold or did, the debt could never be paid because of how large his debt was. It was impossible for this man to clear off his debt. But verses 26 and 27 teach us that the servant cried out to his master begging him for mercy. The servant knew that he could not pay off his debt. He knew that it was an impossible amount to clear off. The consequence was losing everything. And so he begged his master for mercy. The servant understood the magnitude of his debt and the impossibility of being able to pay it off. And we learn and we can picture the servant's master kindly picking him up off the ground and saying, Servant, your debt has been paid. Your debt has been forgiven. Your debt is canceled. The master was moved with compassion, like verse 27 says. And that word compassion, it means to have sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. So the master was concerned for his servant. Deep down, he probably didn't want his servant to lose everything. The servant owed a tremendous amount of debt, one that could not be repaid. But the master loved his servant and rather seeing him lose everything, he was moved with compassion and he forgave the debt that his servant owed him. This teaches us that the master took the debt that was owed to him upon himself. He canceled the debt, and it was no longer a burden for the servant. Wouldn't it be nice if, if you if the bank that you owe money to called you and said, hey, the debt that you owe us is now forgiven. The debt that you owe us has been canceled. That would be pretty amazing, right? I think all of us here, if we owe debt to any type of bank or whatever it is, would love to get that phone call saying, hey, your debt has been forgiven the stress would be gone the the heavy weight of knowing that you might not ever pay off this debt would be gone the burden that you would carry would be relieved and what's so beautiful about this story is that we are the servants and the master is jesus well why are we pictured as the servant we are pictured as the servant because we are indebted to god for our sin against him sin is what Sin is the breaking of God's law. Sin is doing what is wrong in the sight of God. And sin is the separation between us and God. We must understand that there is a standard of morality given to us by God. If there was no standard of morality given to us, and if we all just made up our own standard of morality, then we would never know the distinction between right and wrong. But God has indeed given us a standard of morality to live by. And by living by that standard that God gives us, it draws us closer to Him and we become more and more of who He created us to be. But with sin in the world, with sin in our lives, with us breaking God's standard of morality, we are in debt to God. We are essentially imprisoned because the debt we owe is too large to pay, just like the servant in our story. And we are bound to lose everything because of the separation between us and God that sin causes. However, the story does not end there. The story does not end in verse 25 when it says we will lose everything. The master, Jesus Christ, he looks at us and he says, your debt has been canceled. I see comments on social media quite often where people believe that God only put us here on earth to punish us. I read comments like that and It makes me sad because that's so far from the truth. God did not create us just to punish us. God created us in his image. God created us in his likeness. He created us for his glory. He created us to do good works. He created us to be with him for eternity. With God, it's life everlasting and that's what God created us for. We must understand that there is more to life than just existing and eventually dying. In the book of Psalm, chapter 16, verse 11, the Bible says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. So in every human soul is a God-given awareness that there is something more than this transient world, and that something more is eternal life with him. We are in debt to God, so how can we be with him if we owe him a debt that is impossible to pay? Well, to answer that question, we must look to the cross. The cross that Jesus Christ died on, the cross that tells us the story isn't over, the cross that cancels our debt and forgives us of our sin. You see, in order for God to be with his creation, a price had to be paid. Sin is the price, and Jesus, he paid for it. Biblical forgiveness is this. We owe a massive debt to God, our debt, a debt that cannot be repaid. No matter how many good things that we do in this life, it will never be enough to pay God what we owe him. It's a debt that we can never repay, it's impossible. But Jesus, the Son of God, he came to this earth and he sacrificed his life so that the debt that we owe can be canceled. Jesus, he took my sin. He took your sin. He took your debt upon himself. And through your faith in his death and resurrection, your sin can be forgiven. Your debt can be canceled. And not only does Jesus forgive us of our debt, but he restores our relationship with God. In John fourteen six, the Bible says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that Bible Bible verse tells us that Christ is the only way that we can get to God. So yes, through the cross, Jesus, he cancels our debt, and he restores our relationship with God. That separation is no longer there all because of the work of Jesus. But How? How can Jesus be the only one to cancel our debt? How can he be the only one to restore our relationship with God? Well, that's a great question that needs to be answered and understood. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, the Bible says, And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there was no sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So those verses teach us that Christ was without sin. There was no sin within him. That means that Jesus is pure. That means that he is holy. That means that he is righteous. And that's the difference. We are sinners. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot forgive ourselves. Therefore, we needed someone who was without sin, who was pure, who was holy, who was righteous to forgive us of our sin. Just think about it. It wouldn't make much sense if a sinner could forgive the sins of another person. It only makes sense for a righteous, pure being, one without sin, to forgive those who are full of sin and to simply put it that one is Jesus. Guys, we can't forgive we can't forgive ourselves. We can't we can't save ourselves. Only Jesus can because of his pureness, because of his holiness, because of his righteousness. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus can't forgive our sin. He can cancel our debt a on the basis of his own righteousness, but also because of his authority. The Bible tells us that God has given Jesus authority in heaven and on earth. So let's be honest with ourselves. We all have sinned. We all have broken God's law. Sin is a heavy burden to carry. The guilt that we feel, the shame, it's heavy. But the good news is that the debt that we owe God, the debt that you owe him because of your sin, it can be canceled. So I want to end with this quote by Thomas Brooks, who was an English nonconformist, Puritan preacher and author. He said, our sins are debts that none can pay but Christ. It is not our tears, but his blood is not our size but his suffering that can testify for our sins christ pay all or we are prisoners forever guys there is nothing that you can do to pay off your debt that you owe god there's nothing that you can do to forgive yourself of your own sins you can't save yourself only christ can save you only the suffering that jesus christ went through and his precious blood that was shed can cancel the debt that you owe him. Guys, it's that simple. I, I firmly believe that the Bible is very simple, and we just make it complicated. We are sinful people. We have broken God's law, and we are forever in debt to him, a debt that can never be repaid. But Jesus Christ came to this world, and he lived a life that we can never live, one without sin, He is pure, He is righteous, He is holy, and that is why He can forgive you, and He can forgive you fully. It's not a temporary forgiveness. It's not a half forgiveness. It's a full forgiveness that lasts forever. So if you're here this morning, and you're listening to this right now, and you have realized that, yes, you have sinned against God, that you have broken His law, Now, you are forever in debt to him because of your sin, and you know that you can never repay it. But you want to be forgiven. You want your sins to be erased. You want your debt that you owe to be canceled. If you want that for your life, if you want to be forgiven, you want to be saved, if you want that for yourself, because at the end of the day, you must choose, because God, he's not going to force you. You must choose if you want to receive forgiveness or not. So if you do, here's what the Bible says. In First John chapter one verse nine, it says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness." Acts three nineteen says, "Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord." In Romans chapter ten verses nine and ten says, "If you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified." And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So guys, that right there is how you can be forgiven of your sin. That right there is how you can be saved. You must first cry out to God for mercy. And you must confess your sin to him. You must humbly confess to God that you have broken his law and that you have sinned against him. And then that word, repent. That means to simply just turn away from your sinful lifestyle and turn to God. It's being committed to living your life for Him and being done with the world. And then declare with your mouth that Christ is Lord and believe in your heart by faith that God sent His Son Jesus Christ to this world and that He died on the cross and that He rose from the dead.